Welcome to Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town from the world's number one poker community. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Robbie Straczynski, and thanks so much for joining us on episode number 20 of Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town. On this episode, we have the pleasure of welcoming Elliot Rowe. Over the last few years, Elliot has become one of the most well-regarded mental game coaches in the poker industry. His work with some of the biggest names in the game has been an integral component of their success at the felt. Today, we'll learn what drew Elliot into the poker world, what projects he's currently involved in, and gain some insight into what makes his coaching so appealing to and successful for the game's top players. So, Elliot, welcome to Cards Chat. I'm happy to be speaking with you once again. Hey, Robbie, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, it's good to see you as well. It's been uh, it's been a minute. <laughs> <laughs> How are things treating you in general? You doing all right? Yeah, life is good. Um, you know, obviously, you know, it's a rough time for a lot of people, but we haven't personally been impacted. Um, so just trying to make the best of the Christmas period and such. And, you know, we move forward with life as we can, you know, through the pandemic. Sure. Yeah, wise words and uh, definitely uh, something we can all take to heart and, you know, do the best that we can. That's all. You know, we don't always have the cards uh, that we'd like, but those are the cards we dealt. you got to make the most yeah. of it and maybe you can still win a few hands here and there. Um, well, Elliot, when I first heard of you many years back, you were known as the poker hypnotherapist. I remember yeah. uh, it, was a, it was an interesting time. I remember that first email I got from the poker hypnotherapist. Obviously, you're much more than that now. So how about we just sort of start off this conversation with you giving our audience kind of a rundown on your background and the many elements of mental game coaching and types of services that you provide, not just for poker, but also for life in general. Okay. So um, I, I've been a hypnotherapist mindset coach since 2010. Um, over that time, a big focus of the work that I've done has been poker. Um, so helping guys play better at the table, deal with stress, deal with tilt, um, resolve procrastination issues, you know, everything that can help a player become a more efficient poker player. But I also work with a large number of athletes, a lot of CEOs of companies, founders of companies, Wall Street traders. Um, in all of these different industries, typically I'm, I'm working with people who have progressed well through the industry. They're usually they're at the higher end of their industry and they're looking to go from sort of top 30 to top 10, top mm. 10 to number one. And it's sort of fine tuning something that they know is holding them back from their highest level of potential or success. And I do that utilizing hypnotherapy predominantly and, and then other life coaching, mindset coaching skills. And then also I have an app, Primed Mind, that um, made with Federal Holtz a few years ago that some of you may have, some of you may have heard. Uh, which has um, audios that you listen to to help you focus before you play. And then it also has things for sleep, for confidence, for anxiety, those sorts of things. And then we have a course on Run It Once, um, a poker a training course as well for mindset and poker called the A-Game Poker Masterclass. Yeah, we're definitely going to be talking about those uh, over the over the course of the next uh, hour or so. Um, wondering though, I imagine when you trained, you weren't necessarily thinking about becoming the poker hypnotherapist or the poker mental game coach. Um, um, we checked. I don't see a hand in mob page for you, Elliot. So how, no, how did no. poker sort of become part of the equation for what you do? 
so I, I'd qualified as a hypnotherapist and I was doing normal hypnotherapist stuff, which is helping people quit smoking, lose weight, fear of flight, flying, you know, those sorts of things. And I'd also started helping some amateur golfers try and improve their score. Oh. And I was getting some decent results with golfers. And I was talking about it to a friend um, and she worked in the poker industry. She's a producer for some, some poker TV shows. And she said, look, if you're helping golfers like play better under pressure, in poker, if you could help people play better under pressure, you might be able to make them hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars because some people crack when they're in these high pressure situations. Sure. Um, so I was like, oh, there might be a niche here. You know, this I know nothing about poker, but it's it's worth giving a try. Um, so back in I think it was 2011, um, I started just offering free sessions on a poker forum. Um, hmm. basically to test the concept. So I just went on there. I said, I think this might work. Who wants to try? And I got good reviews. We got good responses. People started making more money. And from there, I started you know, charging my normal prices for poker right. players because I was comfortable that it was working for them. And then really it just grew and grew from that point because I had more and more of these success stories with bigger names um, ha having these sort of quite crazy stories happen. And then obviously the word spread and I became sort of entrenched in poker and I got right. so many poker clients that that dom dominated what I did for at least five or six years. And now it's not all of my work. It's probably 30% of the work I do is poker. Um, but certainly it was the catalyst for, for everything that I do. Wow. There's nothing like uh, an organic success story. It's pretty cool to hear that, especially since I, you know, I've known you for a good six a or seven time. years at this point. <laughs> yeah. So it's pretty cool to to know that journey that you've taken just from giving out the free sessions. That's pretty cool. Um, over this period of time that you've been dealing with poker, you said you didn't know how to play. Have you picked up anything at poker at all? Have you, yeah, you know, has I mean, the game I become, you know, you play home games maybe a little? Um, what I'll do is when I'm in Vegas, I'll play one, two. Uh -huh. So, you know, really like if you see me sitting at a one-two table in Vegas, you know, come take a seat. <laughs> uh <-huh>. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good spot. Um, so I play for fun now. Uh -huh. uh, I could, I, I think I'm at a stage where, you know, I talk about poker all day. Um, sure. I could probably take it more seriously. The reality of it is that I'm, I'm lucky enough to talk to the best players in the world every mm -hmm. day. And I see the level of work that they put into becoming the best players in the world. And um, because of that, you know, I'm, I know that my job, the thing that I want to focus on is becoming the best mindset coach I can be. And if I want to play poker socially and for fun, I can go and do that at that sort of level. But I, I'm not expecting to be winning a bracelet uh, anytime soon. That's a great, that's a good attitude. And of course, we all know poker at its heart. Uh, you know, we want to win, but it's supposed to be a fun game. So and it's enjoyable. A yeah, it's an enjoyable experience. Exactly. Well, we talked about um, hypnotherapy, hypnotherapists. Some people, you know, may be familiar with what's called comedic hypnotists, but obviously yeah. what you do is very different from that. Could you kind of explain the difference? Yeah. So um, most people, when they hear hypnotist, what they think of is, you know, their college had a hypnotherapist stand on the stage and, um, you know, make people dance or, or something like that right. or collapse, tell them to sleep. Um, and that that's as much a magic trick um, as it is hypnosis. Mm. So there's a lot of social pressure. There's a lot of audience selection. And then some people over respond um, to those sorts of suggestions. They're the people you pick and it looks like you're very powerful. Um, hypnotherapy is nothing like that. The best way of describing it is a guided meditation that has a purpose. 
So anyone who may have tried meditation before, you'll have a very good idea of what hypnosis or hypnotherapy would feel like. So you go through this guided meditation process where you get very relaxed. With meditation, you look to let go of thoughts as they come in. So you get yourself very relaxed. You follow your breath. A thought comes in and you try and let go of it and re-follow your breath again. Mm. And that's mindfulness meditation. With hypnotherapy, what we're looking to do is get you to that same state and then bring up an emotion, let's say it's anxiety, and then focus in entirely on that emotion and where that's coming from and why it's happening. So we're using that same relaxed state. We're trying to get the subconscious more dominant than the conscious mind and then focusing into the reasons behind someone has those issues. So it's much more of a therapy practice. It's nothing like the stage show. You know, there's no magic involved, um, but it is very effective at bringing up memories and emotions that can explain your current behaviors at the table or somewhere else in your life where you're struggling with to do something that you know you should do, but you just can't do it. There's a reason, and that reason's in the subconscious. Sure. So, and of course, you know, we're about 10 minutes into the conversation, and anyone who's, you know, whether you're listening or watching, you can certainly hear uh, Elliot's voice. It's, you know, it's not he's putting it on for this podcast. This is his genuine voice. And no, <laughs> no, sorry, I'm, this, this is actually how I sound. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't mean to be facetious in the slightest. It's incredibly calming, it's incredibly mm -hmm. soothing. And, you know, you can see how that, that would lead to such a meditative state. Mm -hmm. So, it's the real deal. But you could, in principle, make someone quack like a duck if you wanted to, right? Not, not really. It doesn't, okay. it, as I say, what that is is audience selection. So 2% okay. of people you can do that with. Hmm. Um, but if you watch one of those shows, the things that will stand out to you is the beginning, they'll try and hypnotize everybody. Right. And they'll, they'll say that everyone's hands are stuck together. If your hands are stuck together and then five people out of the crowd will put their hands up, like they're the people for the day. Uh -huh. It's not, it's not something where they're, they're you know, this is, and in a lot of the case, you know, there's some extroverts, they like the attention. There's different, different parts of it. It's, it's clever. Um, you know, some people can put on some good shows, but it's nothing to do with the work that I do or what hypnotherapy looks like. Sure. And vast difference between the two. Sure. And I imagine we won't be seeing you doing any sort of acts on the Vegas. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not a very, I'm not a very fun person. Really. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's certainly a pleasure to, to listen to and speak with though. Um, well, Elliot, you know, poker has evolved a lot from the days of, you know, the back rooms, the smoky casinos, the Texas road gamblers, and, and just putting a man on a hand. Besides just studying the game, physical and mental conditioning and studying and training, it's such a big part of success nowadays. Even so, some people still question that and they say, you know, I don't need mental training. What's your response to that? Um, I, I mean, it's something where, um, you know, it, it's a bit like an athlete um, saying they don't need to train off the court as a basketball mm. player. Um, you know, it, it's just a part of what the best players in the world are doing. So obviously not everybody has to do it. You don't have to do mental training if you don't want to. But it's just try to understand that this is one of the edge that's still available, um, you know, because because there are some people who don't believe they need to do it. <laughs> so, so really those are the people that I create an edge for my clients in because there's a number of people who don't think there's any issue. You know, they don't have to work on their tilt, on their stress. They don't have to be physically fit. Uh, they don't have to watch their diet. They don't have to watch their sleep. Um, and as I say, that's fine. But all of those things create very small edges. 
-hmm. and then added together that can become a very large edge Mm -hmm. so you're just giving up a lot of potential um and as i say you know the work that i do wouldn't be as effective if every single poker player did it sure you know this is an arms race and i'm just one of the weapons Mm. so you know there's the pio solvers you know there's there are people who study tells um and there are people who work on their mental game and i provide an edge to the people who want to work on their mental game and you know i wouldn't be providing an edge if literally everyone was right right i can understand that well i'm wondering then is what you do the the hypnotherapy the mental game training is that even something that's relevant for recreational players, the folks like yourself who just for fun go ahead and play one two. Um, I would say the sort of coaching that I do one to one, I wouldn't recommend for hmm. a recreational player. Um, it, it wouldn't really make sense financially. It wouldn't make a ton of sense. Um, and also, you've got to look at why someone's playing poker. So, like I said, when I go and play poker for one two, I'm not even particularly looking to win. I'm looking to have an enjoyable evening. Right. So it'd be nice if I win. Yeah. But you know, I'm not going to get particularly tilted. Um, obviously it's my industry, but um, you know, I'm not going to be frustrated at the table. I'm going to play as well as I can, which isn't that great, but I'm going to have a fun evening with my friends. Uh-huh. So so investing in a mental game coach, if that's you know, your purpose doesn't make a ton of sense. If you're looking to make a living out of this, um, then I think it does make a lot of sense to be investing in your mindset. Mm-hmm. And that comes at different levels, you know, so, you know, there are, there are different coaches at different price points. There are, you know, things like my course on Run at Once, which takes you through an awful lot of the information that you would need to know. Um, the app Prime Mind, you can download for free. And there's a lot of poker content that is just free on the app. So you don't have to spend anything. So if you're taking it semi-seriously, you know, perhaps you're entering, uh, you're a recreational player, but you're entering a tournament that's quite a big buy-in tournament for you then maybe you want to you know, download the app and listen to some mindset audios to prepare yourself for the tournament. Um, but when it comes to you know, the, the deep work, yeah. really, realistically, this is for professionals. It's a bit like if you're playing soccer on a Sunday league, yeah. you probably don't need a sports psychologist. But if you're playing professional soccer, you should be working with a sports psychologist. That's the way I view it. I, th- I think there is a difference. I like it. And kudos to you also for saying soccer for, uh, you know, that that is what we the American, call. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm being polluted by America. I'm sure our, our, our listeners from the UK and beyond. Uh, they still know what I mean. Yes, they know. They know <laughs> the football. Um, well, we mentioned uh, Prime Mind. You mentioned uh, Fedor Holtz. That's, you yep. know, that's your collaborator for the Prime Mind app. Yep. How did the idea for that first come about? And how did you two sort of say, hey, let, let's work together and, and do this? Um, so I'd worked with Fedor um, and he'd had a lot of success. Mm-hmm. So I started working with him. Um about six weeks before he'd had his first um, big live win. Mm-hmm. So before he won his first high roller. Good um, timing. Nice. Yeah, it was very good timing. <laughs> yeah. um, it, it went well. Um, so, you know, we worked on some mental game issues. Um, and he went on this run of wins that, um, you know, most of the listeners here, I'm sure, are aware of the success that Fedor had. Um, he won a large number of tournaments. And he really put a lot of the success down to the work that he had done on his mental game, Mm. um, which was very kind of him. And, you know, publicly that was great. Um, But it was also something that he wanted to share. So he was talking to me and he was saying, Hey, this has been really beneficial for me. Is there something we can create where we can share this with other people? Mm. 
And that's where the idea of the app came up. It was like, okay, well, we can have these audios. It's not going to be the same as doing a one-to-one session with me, but people will get an idea of working on their mindset, Mm -hmm. um, using hypnotherapy, using meditation um, to try and improve their poker and improve their life. And a lot of the stuff in Prime Mind isn't poker specific. You know, there's a lot of life improvement audios in there as well. Okay. Um, So we started to work together on that. he he backed he backed it financially mm-hmm. and um yeah we we built the product and we now have a pretty large number of people who are listening to it um utilizing it before poker and, and before other things in their life but it was really about him wanting to share the idea of working on mindset because it'd been so valuable for him oh, brilliant uh, can you sort of i know it's kind of impossible to you know on one foot give us the elevator pitch and not looking to to pitch it but can you sort of give us um I don't know, an outline, so to speak, of what someone could expect once they download Prime Mind. What what would they find in there? Okay, so um, it's a large number of courses or individual sessions that prepare you on a specific area. Hmm. So whereas a meditation app might be just purely for meditation, so not with a specific purpose, um, in Prime Mind, most of the audios have a specific purpose. Uh-huh. So you're working on your confidence. You're working on weight loss you're working on getting to sleep faster you're working on preparing yourself for a poker tournament or going to the gym or public speaking um so you just download you listen to close your eyes listen to the 15 minute audio and it'll help you prepare for that particular thing that you're looking to do Mm -hmm. nice well is is this something that's sort of like you did the project together that's it it sits alone and you're done or are you sort of continuously adding to it is it is it evolving with time we are adding to the app. Um, mm-hmm. So there are extra audios get put in, things like that. And eventually we might do a full overhaul of the app as well. You know what it's like with software. You always There are always things that you wish you added uh, right. when you exactly. started off. Um, so there are some grand plans in the future and we'll just see how all of it plays out. But it is something, I think there are around 300 audios in there and we, we're writing more and adding more and, and that just increases in size. Fantastic. Well, you know, of course, everyone, after you finish listening to this show and going through the other 19 episodes that we've recorded uh, up to this point here on the Cards Chat podcast, definitely some good stuff to listen to that'll help improve your mental game. Um, well, you know, you mentioned as well the uh, the A-Game Masterclass. That's your collaboration yeah. with Phil Galfond with Run It Once. How did that collaboration come about? Um, well, we'd, we'd, built the, we'd built the course out. Um, and um, what we did is we ran a beta test. Um, so we we knew where it was at quality-wise, um, and we'd got a large number of reviews, and we're really happy with the course. And what we wanted to do was look for someone to collaborate with who had a training site oh. uh, who'd be able to show it to more members. Uh, so I got into talks with Phil, and it seemed like a good fit. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of Phil, uh, yeah. as well as him being a client. He's a really, really nice guy. Like, he's yeah. not an act. The stuff you see <laughs> on Twitter, like, he is a very good guy to work with. Yeah. Um, and, and he put forward an idea for a deal that worked for us. Uh-huh. Um, and who, that's who's, how. Who's that's, us, if I may, if I may ask? Oh, my business, my business partner Ryan. Okay. So, um, so yeah, there's my business partner Ryan in the background. Um, he helps me with all of the strategy and things like that. So uh-huh. um, I'm certainly not running all of these businesses and projects on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, Phil, Phil took that on and then it's, it's been pretty successful and run it once and people seem to enjoy the course. And I do like these monthly Q and a calls where mm. 
the the people in the course will come on and ask questions and things. So it's been a really fun, really fun couple of years with it. I think we're coming up to the second year. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's been fun to be part of the Run It Once community. Yeah, it's good stuff. And you came up uh, with a, a great name, you know, the A-Game Masterclass. <laughs> yeah, there it's we go. a great go. name. <laughs> how, how did that name come about? Was that you, Phil, or no, that, some that was, uh, marketing was, guru in the, the that, that was floor? My biz- that, that was Ryan. Okay. <laughs> that was my business partner. He said, oh, this is what we're calling it. Oh, that's really good. <laughs> yes. Is there something that you'd say uh, specifically qualifies this as a masterclass? I mean, that's a quite a claim to make. I mean, it, it really is very, very comprehensive. Mm-hmm. Um, so from start to finish, the idea of the, the creation of this course was what would I like to tell someone who was looking to go from being sort of recreational to becoming a professional player? So oh, it's wow. all of the things that I've seen um, that the professionals do that the recreational players don't do on their mindset and preparing themselves. and the way they track, you know, the way that they're playing and their results and the way that they're eating and the way that they're sleeping and how they deal with networking and how they deal with tilt. And, you know, so it, it's just a very, very comprehensive course. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, that's why we were looking, looking to, um, use the masterclass word. Um, but it, it really does cover a lot. There's an awful lot of homework in there. So, you know, you'll get from it, what you put into it. Mm-hmm. So if you download the course and just watch the videos, you'll get a level of change but you'll get much more change if you also download the worksheets do all of the homeworks attend the q a's you know etc nice well i mean i I don't please don't take this as an antagonistic type of question because that's not what it's meant to be it's just more of a, a curiosity question it's a great course. I've I've seen it and reviewed it. I I, I know what it is. <laughs> yeah. But it does have a $999 price tag. And that's yeah. not a small amount of money for quite a lot of people. So, it's a premium product. It has a lot to offer. How can you as the creator of such a course and you know with all of its accolades, how do you sort of I don't want to use the word justify, but how do you say how do you decide that that's the right pricing point for what someone gets out of it? literally the level of value that someone gets from it. Um, so we're providing a course um, that should be um, re- realistically for the people who are looking to take that step from probably losing poker to mm-hmm. taking seriously winning poker, becoming a professional. Okay. And it's it's one of the, so, you know, if you look at what it costs to become a professional in another industry, and, right. and this is obviously only a part of it, you need the technical skills as well. Um, but that's the part of the market really I feel that we service. Hmm. So it's that part of the market. It's not really for, it's not for the me's. It's not for the people who are playing one, two for fun okay. um, and just enjoy a Friday night in Vegas. Right. Um, this is for people who are looking to go from perhaps being a slightly winning player to this is going to be my job. What are the things I need to know for this to be my job? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really the, that's really where the price point came from. Sure. That's a very fair assessment. Um, would you say that it, serves live poker players or online poker players or both it serves both okay um because this is this is the mindset side so this Hmm. is the preparation before you play this is how you deal with your as i say your diet your exercise the way that you create your study plans um you know it doesn't go into specific live tells or anything like that so it's it's, again it's not a poker strategy course Mm -hmm. um this is a course to help you understand the things you need to do that the professionals are doing but it came from my knowledge of working with online and live professionals 
Gotcha. So all of that's covered within it. And it also has a large number of interviews that I conducted with high-level pros talking about their mindset. Mm-hmm. So there are live and online pros who, who literally break down all of the things they do for their mindset in their careers as well. Right. And, and you mentioned the partnership with Run It Once and you do those monthly Q&A calls. Can you sort of talk uh, you know, a little bit more about, about, about that? Is that open to everyone or just uh, members so, of the site? So, so that's just open to the people who are in the course. So that's oh, one okay. of the things that you get with the course is access to these Q and A's and run at once. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we've done you know monthly Q and A calls um, as part of the course where people will submit their questions and then I answer them in that one hour a month that we do. Excellent. Well, sounds like sounds like uh, some good value you can get out of it. And you know those like you said, you know who go ahead and do take the plunge. You know, it's if you do have questions, if you're skeptical, uh, you can speak to the person who literally created the course. So <laughs> you know the course. Yeah. Exactly. Every month. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, well, beyond uh, what we mentioned so far, we talked about Prime Mind, we talked about the, the A-game masterclass. You do also offer private one-on-one coaching. Hmm. How important is that personal interaction with someone who hires you for private coaching? And what would you say is sort of the primary added value from the, the one-on-one uh, coaching? So the difference between something like the app or the course mm-hmm. is, um, you know, that's that's me giving information to the person. Okay. So, so this is, um, hey, Robbie, you should be doing X, Y, and Z. Um, mm-hmm. The one-to-one sessions with me specifically are working on understanding your subconscious programs that are causing you particular issues and then working through those issues with you. So let's say it's, uh, I can't fold even though I know I'm beaten. Okay. Right? You, common you, problem. Yeah. <laughs> yep, common problem. You already know you should be folding. Mm. No more technical work can solve that issue hmm. because you already know you're behind in the hand. So it's not relevant doing more technical work, strategy work to, to get better with that situation. So what you need to understand is what is going on in your subconscious that doesn't allow you to fold in that situation. And as we go through the hypnotherapy, it will bring up specific memories and issues, perhaps around entitlement, around ego, um, issues from your childhood that will explain why that's a particularly difficult issue for you. And then we'll look to work through and reframe those those memories so that those triggers no longer fire in that situation. So an example I always use is a um, live player who can't cope with being consistently three-bet. Okay. So gets really angry or really anxious. They're usually the two. So they either shut down or they get over-aggressive in that situation. Yep. Um, when I do hypnotherapy sessions with that particular client type, it will virtually in every session go back to childhood bullying. Wow. So they'll wow, have that's bullying in school. Yeah. Or they'll have issues with a parent bullying them. Hmm. So what's happening is the being consistently three bet by the same player is triggering those same feelings of being picked on. So we go and work on the memories around bullying and the issues and, and sort of the emotions that are still tied to that. Right. By resolving the issues around the bullying and letting go of the bullying they then go back to the table and the three bets are something to adjust to rather than take personally and over respond to. Goodness. That's that's like a, that's the way the one-to-one sessions are. So So it's much more of that sort of process. It's a fascinating example you gave. And I mean, from my limited knowledge of the field, it sounds quite like Freudian psychoanalysis, right? It's quite, quite similar. 
Uh-huh. Quite is, similar. Um, is that, I mean, did you Freud, originally think that you may get into psychology and, and that sort of thing? Um, so with this, um, I, I had a fear of flying. Huh. Um, and it was resolved by a hypnotherapist. The whole reason I'm in this industry, um, I had a really significant fear of flying. Um, went to a hypnotherapist. Um, she did this same, you know, regression, follow back the emotion to me. Right. And brought me up. I was a really small kid at my granddad's house being shown a picture of a small plane and being told, oh, is this crashed and it killed his business partner. Oh my God. Wow. And so, and it was a memory I didn't remember. Um, she did all the stuff I do, helped me let go of the emotions around it, came out of the session, felt differently about flying, spoke to my mom and she was like, yeah, that happened. So it was a memory I couldn't remember that explained my fear. And I was like, oh, wow, this is really cool. I want to learn this. And I never thought I'd be a hypnotherapist. You know, right. previously I was working in investments and things. Um, and because I found it so interesting, I started doing it and then picked up lots of clients and it ended up being a business and, and made more sense for me to do this than anything else because I found it more fun. But that's the sort of work that I do. It's going back to the root cause, the initial sensitizing event that caused someone to be scared of something or angry about something or frustrated or entitled and then work through that. And, and that's how hypnotherapy works. Fantastic. I mean, I, I got two follow-up questions on that. Okay. You said you, know, you used to have, a, I guess, a prior career in investing. So how old were you when you, you, know, you had this aha moment and, and made, you know, it's like, I got to take a new direction in my career. So I had the aha moment a few years earlier. Uh-huh. And then I planned to do the hypnotherapy course. So I was looking for the right one. Um, and I guess, what would I have been? Late 20s? I guess that I got qualified. So it was sort of mid twenties property and, and renewable energy investment mm -hmm. work. Um, and then yeah, sort of late twenties where I decided to, to bite the bullet and right. actually go and do this course that I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And you clearly love what you do. That's a wonderful I, I, thing. I thoroughly enjoy, thoroughly enjoy my job. Well, that's good stuff. And I got to wonder, you know, you haven't gone through it yourself uh, for a particular fear that you had, you know, th those are deep rooted feelings, you know, something that's internal within a person. And, you know, the question can extrapolate towards poker and, and things like that as well. When you fly nowadays, is that mm. still something you need to go back to? Or is it now, you know, more automatic and, and that the fear is just no longer there at all? Do the so, work so you've what, done. What, what you're looking to do is remove the trigger. Um, uh -huh. So I would say I now have a rational discomfort with flying. Uh. <laughs> um, so, so what it would be is I would, um, you know, previously I, I would turn down long haul trips, um, and I would spend literally the week before a flight, just thinking about the fact I was going to have, I'd have like a racing heart in the taxi on the way to the airport. Mm -hmm. I'd have a horrific flight. Um, and then I'd spend the vacation worrying about the fact I was flying back. So oh, no. I mean, it really, it was re really not very fun for me. Mm -hmm. Um, it, and it now is. I'm absolutely fine booking a flight, getting on a flight. If we have really severe turbulence, I'll feel a bit uncomfortable. But again, I feel this is sort of what I would say is I've reached where I feel a rational person would feel mm -hmm. rather than something irrational. Sure. And, and that's what we're looking to do with all of this work. It's yeah. not that we're looking to remove anger. What we want is your anger to be at a rational level. We're not looking to remove anxiety. We want the anxiety to be at a level where it serves you. 
Um, and it's just removing the triggers that are taking it to an irrational level and making you do things that just don't make sense. And like I say, with the you know folding when you know you're beaten, it, that's not a rational thing. You, you should be folding if you know your, your opponent has yes, to beat. Exactly. Um, but there are a lot of people who are like, well, I just needed to see the cards. I needed yep. to see that I was right. Okay, well, that's not how the game works. Um, so, so that's the sort of work that I'm doing, you know, more specific to poker. And, you know, in a lot of the poker situations, this is very much fine tuning. The people I'm working with are very high level professionals. Yeah. And, and that's where it becomes, you know, they're not dealing with these massive emotions. Um, you know, like I was with the fear of flying where we're mm -hmm. going to see this sudden shift. Right. It's more about fine tuning to, to try and get them ever closer to as you know, as efficient as they can possibly be um, between their their rational decision making and and whatever might be pulling them away from that rational decision making. Of course, and then as we've all seen, you know, from the professionals in the field, when they're under the spotlights with all of those extraneous factors that could potentially affect their game, those who do succeed and tend overall to make the correct rational decisions are the ones who can remove all of that stuff from their from their processes and just focus on is this the correct you know decision based on all the other stuff that I've studied and all the theory and all my experience so uh, certainly a concept that's been proven true um, well Elliot you know you've mentioned Fedor you've mentioned Phil uh, and of course you've mentioned you know having worked with athletes with actors people from the corporate world who are your favorite types of people to work with um I, I'm really, I mean, I'm very lucky to work with an awful lot of very interesting people. Mm -hmm. um, definitely now, it's really just, it doesn't matter what industry it is, um, hmm. but it is that it is those top performers. Um, so hmm. people who are like, I'm at number 10 and I want to be number one. And there's no crisis. You know, people who are top 10 in the world, that's something they're in a good spot. Yeah. But oftentimes they know there's a difference between they know what the person who's number one is doing. And for whatever reason, they're not doing the things that they know the number one is doing. And it's working with them to make sure that all of those boxes are ticked. Um, and then you get the, the really fun stories as well. You know, I've had a number of people, you know, win world titles in different sports and, you know, I think world records and things like that. It's, I get to be a part of a lot of really fun stories when I work with those people and that's, that makes it interesting for me. You know, it's more interesting than just doing poker or just doing UFC or just doing boxing. It is much more interesting when it's just random different areas. Um, and then I get to work with the high performer. Can I ask how it makes you feel when you see your clients succeeding? And again, it doesn't necessarily mean that they've become world champion or they've won a bracelet or, you know, a championship belt. Maybe they've just, you know, worked through something and, and, and won a satellite and broke through and stopped just making final tables. How, how does that make you feel? It's just really fun. I mean, it, it's what makes my job worth doing. Mm. Um, you know, we all like to see um, success in the work we do. And we also like to feel that we're helping people. Or well, I do personally. Like, it's fun to be a part of these stories. And I'm definitely not the only reason these people are having success, you know, these are people who have other coaches on the technical side, no matter what sport or sure. interest. Um, but it is very fun being a part of the team that took the person to the next level. Um, so I get a lot from that. And that's when you were saying, Hey, Elliot, it looks like you really enjoy your job. 
I love my job. I would do this for free. That's, that's awesome. That's, that's where I'm at. It's, that's it's a fantastic. Really, really good spot to be in. That's a great thing to hear. Um, well, and speaking of hearing, you know, anyone who's watching, but you know, pop, potentially even if you're listening, you could see, you could tell the high quality audio that Elliot, that Elliot has. He's got the big, the great mic. He's got the fantastic professional headphones. You know, that's not just for this podcast. Elliot, you've got your A-game masterclass podcast. <laughs> you've got your mindset advantage podcast. You know, they're a little similar, but they're also a little bit different, um, notably depending on who your guests are. Can you sort of tell yeah. us about each of these podcasts that you do? So I have two podcasts. Um, mindset Advantage Poker podcast is is specific to poker. Okay. So um, the guests are, are poker related. A couple of the early guests weren't because I only had one podcast at the time, but I think we're about 120 episodes in, something like that. And um, yeah, so that's my poker podcast. Typically, I'll bring in a poker player who's at a high level to talk about their mental game, the things they've learned over the years, and how you know the listeners can you know not make the mistakes they had to make. So, sure. so, so really, that's that's the process of that one. Um, and then my um, it's now actually called the the Primed Mind Podcast. Ah, okay. Which we switched it across only about two weeks ago. Okay. Um, that one we have high performers in other areas. Uh -huh. So I think I think we've interviewed like Fedor on it. Um, but I think he might be the only poker player we've had on that one, um, who's sort of a specific high level poker player. Um, and then we bring on professional athletes, CEOs of companies, uh, people who help build companies. Um, so so more high performance in general rather than poker specific. But again, it's still only half an hour in length. Um, it's a bit of a backstory on the person and then their top tips in business or life or whatever their speciality is. So it might be a diet expert. It might be a sleep expert or as I say, one of these people who's been highly successful in a specific area, who's just sharing um, some of their knowledge. So right. again, this is all just about information share. Like the more information we can get out there, um, you know, it means we can learn from those people and move forward faster. Absolutely. Well, you know, you said, you know, you love doing this so much, you do it for free. Obviously your services aren't free. The courses aren't yeah. free, but the podcast certainly are, and that's uh, great to listen to, uh, as is this podcast. So, guys, again, as soon as you finish listening to the Cards Chat podcast, go ahead and look for it on your apps, uh, you know, for the uh, for Elliot's great shows. Um, Elliot, you said when you first started out in the poker industry, you were trying hard to get your name out there and you offered stuff for free. Climbing that ladder, you're well known now. You're extremely busy. You're at the top. You're talking with Galfon. You're talking with Fedor Holtz. You have the high-profile list of clients. In a very real way, you've made it. So, first of all, congratulations. Good for you. And you know, not not just uh, you know blowing smoke up. You know, it, it's the real deal. And and kudos to you for making that journey to the top. What would you say now gives you the most satisfaction? from that journey that you've taken to get to where you are? And perhaps do you have any sort of stretch goals? You said you're happy, you're in a good spot. What do you, you know, what do you think is going to happen in the future? Where would you like to see, you know, Elliot Rowe and the suite of services and products he offers in the future? Um, the, I, I guess the, the biggest level of satisfaction is proof of, I, I feel I have proof of concept. 
Mm. Um, so, you know, over the years, obviously I'm offering hypnotherapy to poker players. That is a skeptical market. You know, there are a lot of people listening to this who are like, yeah. seriously, hypnotherapy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, that's just, that's just the reality of it. And that's what I felt like before I went for that fear of flying. And I have to um, admit, when I first got oh, that yeah, first email I mean, <laughs> from years ago, I was scratching my head like, what? <laughs> I didn't get it. I didn't get it. And, and that's the natural response. And, mm. you know, I feel I've reached a stage. I mean... It has now been genuinely over $150 million of winnings in tournaments that my players have had. I, I don't, I, I feel I've got proof of concept. Yeah. You know, lots of the best players in the world work with me. And that was the biggest thing. Like, it was really fun to have this idea to believe that I could help people and then, you know, see them win everything. Um, that was, you know, I've had the main event, you know, Federal won loads. Rast won lots, Phil Galfon won lots. Online, I had guys win everything. Like it's been really fun to watch that proof of concept in poker. Um, so that was that's that's been the most enjoyable part from there. And then what I'm enjoying at the moment is I'm training up other hypnotherapists. Oh, um, to, nice. To me. And yeah, and I find that really enjoyable. I've got a different. Um, I, I I do things slightly differently to to traditional hypnotherapists, mm-hmm. um, and and I found that really enjoyable. So helping other hypnotherapists with their career, helping them get into working with high performers, um, you know, talking through what I've learned. I've, I've done an awful lot of hours of hypnotherapy, um, easily over 12,000 hours of sessions now. Um, you know, I, I, I work a lot and in a, even more so in earlier years. Um, you know, I, w- I used to work for a number of poker stables and things, and I would be booked out almost every hour of every day. Wow. Um, so I have a huge amount of experience and it's really fun for me to share that experience with other people who are interested in doing the same sort of work. Um, and, and yeah, and that, that obviously means that I can, I mean, I'm not helping the people, but I'm, I sort of feel that I'm helping more people if I can train more people up and then they're then helping more people. It's like, it's, you can have more of an impact that way. So right now that's a bit of a focus. We I have a few people I've trained, um, we'll be growing that over the next four or five years i would think and we'll see where it ends up but that's i i get a lot of joy out of doing that i love that answer so much i mean i just it couldn't help but bring a smile to my face and, and joy to my heart and i'm sure everyone listening uh feels the same especially after hearing you know your about your journey elliot and everything you do that that's just really wonderful and more power to you and i wish you tremendous success in that um I just got a couple questions of my own left before we get into the community questions. Uh, I've tried. I hope I've saved uh, you know the best for last as far as uh, what I've what I've asked you. Um, well, poker players they often turn to you for help, for inspiration, for assistance. You know, I got to get over the hump. I got to improve my mental game, my, my overall mental health. Surely you too must have some down moments or something like that. I, I imagine that if anything, hearing about all of the difficulties that so many poker players, so many other people face, it must weigh on you at least a little bit. So I'm wondering to whom or to what strategy do you turn when you have those sorts uh, of feelings so that you can get back on the right track? So, so I actually base my entire week around self-care. Um, to the extent of like my wife will call me a princess. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I take one thing I, I noticed early in my career, if I didn't have my own coach to talk to, I right. would get very stressed and I would struggle. So every two weeks I have a hypnotherapist who I speak to, and I've done that for the last eight years. 
So I, I picked that up about two years in to working that I needed to be doing it. And I've just kept that consistent every two weeks for that that whole period um, because that lets me you know, move through my, as I say, not picking up all these emotions from hearing about sometimes some pretty horrific stuff throughout right. the day. Um, because usually if people have something they need to release, it's not something nice. Right. So, you know, all day I'm, I'm hearing some pretty, pretty difficult stuff. Um, yeah. So, so that's one thing I do. Um, I'm, I'm lucky. I mean, I'm, I'm in a good spot and I have a personal trainer five days a week. I find that exercise really important Yeah. and I have a massage every week. Um, oh. So my kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is, this is what I'm talking about with the self-care, but those things actually get booked in first. So all of those things are in my calendar and then my clients can book in around that and I can do meetings or podcasts around those things. Um, But that's my framework for everything is the self-care. And then, you know, everything else comes in after that, because I believe if you don't have the self-care in place, you're setting yourself out to burn out and that's going to be more expensive overall. So I view all of these things as just an an investment where I get a return on investment from it. Oh, fantastic way to look at it. And, you know, not just mental health, physical health is also so important. Everything you said really, really and truly resonates with me. And of course, I remember, uh, you know, the late great Mike Sexton, he had a massage room in his house uh, as we found out, uh, you know, towards the end, you know, he had a massage room in his house. He said, there's nothing in life that can't be solved with a good massage. So it's a good, <laughs> it's a good, a good quote from, uh, from Mike. Um, and and I, I love that you, that you subscribe to that philosophy. And, and I believe I do too, not every week, but every so often, definitely good to get the tension and the stress out. Um, well, my last question for you, Elliot, uh, from you know, the ones that I've prepared, uh, of course, it's relevant for poker, but it's also relevant for life uh, far beyond the felt. Um, you know, no secret. We're going through unprecedented times in the world. You know, this pandemic raging, raging. Everyone's, you know, at the very least, more stressed than usual. We could find ourselves, and even the strong ones among us, finding ourselves struggling to stay sane, cool, calm, collected, make you know good, rational, and, and non-emotional decisions about our behaviors and things like that. If there's one sort of bit of advice that you could offer our listeners in that regard, what would it be? Um, I mean, I still, when we look over history, I still, even during the virus, think that this is one of the safest times in history. Like, if I could live at any time ever, I think it would be now. Huh. Um, so, so I try to frame things that way. Like, things are awkward. Um, but you know, every other generation, I believe before us has had it worse, um, with the size of the wars, the way that, you know, plagues were cutting through people, diet and nutrition, you know, being ruled by dictators, et cetera, et cetera. So I just try and frame all of it as you try and make the best of the situation that you're in and that's all you can do. So today, you know, how am I going to make today good? Am I going to work? You know, I, we spoke a little bit before this call started. You know, I can't, I haven't seen my family in a very long time now because they're in Europe and we just can't be traveling at the moment. Extended family. Extended, yeah. 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 So some parents, siblings, that sort sure. of thing. Um, you know, and that, that's just a reality, you know, and I could be frustrated about it or I can just say, yeah, that's that's the world that we live in right now. Um, and, and that's the way I, I try and view all of these things is what's the best thing I can do today that with, you know, with the hand that I've been dealt. And <laughs> so it brings us back to your first comment. Yep. Um, you know, this is the hand that we have been dealt at the moment. What's the best way to play it? And there's no point in wishing we had aces if we don't. 
Mm. You know, how do we how do we play a you know nine ten suited? That's what we've got. That's what we're going to play. So that's the way I framed this. I, I think it's a healthy way of viewing it. And you know, when the, the media likes to say, you know, this is the worst time ever, etc. Mm. And for a lot of people, it's a rough time. But if we look historically, I do not believe historically that this is the worst time to be alive. There's still a lot of great stuff going on. So, so that's how I view things. If I may boldly suggest to anyone watching or listening, that little two, three minute snippet at the end, play that for yourselves over and over. I know I'll be listening to it uh, another couple times. That's some incredibly solid uh, advice that you're giving there, Elliot. And thank you for those uh, couple extra minutes of, uh, of good uh, hypnotherapy, at least for me. And I know for, for a number of our listeners. So thank you for that. Um, speaking of our listeners, it's a portion of our show where we get into the community questions. Uh, of course, here at Cards Chat, we've got a dedicated thread on the forums where we let you know who all of the upcoming guests will be and give you a chance to submit your questions for them. And we've got uh, a good few questions, a handful of questions here from our listeners. Uh, so thank you to everyone who submitted the questions. We'll start with Shell's Um Elliot, you played, uh, this is one I wasn't aware of, so you may have to brief me on this. You played a part in David Hay, the boxers, his David versus Goliath project uh, to master poker. Uh, And you can watch that documentary on Amazon Prime, everybody. How much time did you need to spend with David to help his mindset before he went into the GUKPT $125 pound buy-in Goliath tournament? So, so they actually only brought me in for sort of one pre-session in Vegas. Oh, wow. So, so I, I didn't get a ton of time with David. Um, we spent some time with them afterwards socially, but in reality, um, for that specific um, project, uh, they brought me in to do a half an hour hypnotherapy session with him before a Vegas tournament. So, you know, I, I would like to have done more, but, but that's, that's what the project, that, that's what we were involved with for the TV show. Hmm. Okay. Well, it's a sort of a follow-up that Shell's asked here, but I think I have to tweak it just to be a little bit more generic then. What would you say is, I guess, the minimum amount of time that you would need with someone to begin making some sort of an impact, even if they can't go for the full, you know, let's, you know, up uproot our whole mental thinking Everything. to something different. But. Yeah. I mean, typically a client, so, so a normal client at first session would be two hours. Okay. There should be a change after that first session. We're certainly not done, but I would expect to see an impact after a first session of, of hypnotherapy. Brilliant. Right. That, that would be normal. And sound weird, but the more severe the issues, the easier it is to work on. Hmm. So the really, really angry person is actually much easier to get a fast result for than the person who has a very subtle anger issue. Wow, and that's that because is... the, the subconscious knows where it's coming from if it's very rational. So the more extreme, the easier the fix and the faster you're going to see a big change. And if it's more subtle, if it's fine tuning, that's usually a longer process. I'm really happy I tweaked the question because I love that answer. It's a great one. It's a good one. Um, our next question comes from another frequent uh, contributor here to this segment, Acid Burn FX. Thanks so much. Uh, a pair of questions here. Um, I wonder if you may have answered this uh, at this point. What's your biggest fear, Elliot? Because um, it's not flying anymore. Kids. Pardon? What? No, no. It's, it's just something. It's, my, my children, something happening to my children. Mm. Mm. Okay. Like, That's clearly. I mean, you know, I'm a father. Like, 
something happening to them is, is definitely my biggest concern in life. And I, I think that's probably the case for most parents, um, I would think. Sure. You've got a couple of kids, right? Yeah, I've got twins. That's beautiful. Enjoying the family life for sure. Well, that's good. It's good to, well, that's one thing with all of us being homebound gives us a chance. And I got three kids of my own. It's a good chance to uh, spend some more time with them. I miss the chance to miss them, though. I will say that at this point. <laughs> um, second, second question here from, uh, and I love them dearly, uh, from Acid Burn FX. Uh, what would you like to change in the world? Oh, these are really good questions. Well, we picked the good um, ones. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I think I would like to see a level of, of just civility between people. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm a strong believer that kindness goes a long way, and um, that you know, a lot of levels could be solved by people just being a bit nicer and a bit kinder to each other. Um, so I think that that would have an enormous impact through almost all areas of life if um, people just had a bit more compassion. Great answer. Love it. And uh, from your mouth to the good Lord's ears, I hope. Um, our final question was submitted from our member Antonis32123. Uh, Elliot, what advice would you give to a poker player on how to become better and ladder up from the micro stakes to higher stakes, not necessarily nosebleed stakes. Network, build your network. Can um, you elaborate on that? So, so yeah, it's one of the themes that's come up in the podcast and with clients I've worked with over the years. Your network in poker, you know, things like Cards Chat, you know, the, the people that you talk to around poker are, are, are the key to you being able to progress. Um, if you listen to Fedor and, and how he describes his journey, he, he puts a huge amount of his success down to um, having like a poker crew in Germany where they would all work together and they would hold each other accountability for study sessions and, and such. Um, it also gives you more ability to sell action, play higher stakes things. Like it, the flexibility that comes with building a strong poker network is really important. Um, and I, I think it's something that's overlooked by a large number of poker players. Like they like the thought of being a lone wolf and sort of beating the game on their own. But when I look at the the most successful players in the world, and, and I genuinely, you know, I work with a lot of them. Sure. Um, all of them have these networks around them of people who they study with, people who they talk poker with, people who they can invest with and invest in them. And that really is one of the one of the key components to reaching the higher levels of the game. Hmm. And you know, even if we're not talking nosebleeds, it, it makes a big difference. Even you know, as you're moving up to low mid stakes, if you have people that you can trust giving you good, honest, that's the key part, honest feedback on the way that you're playing hands, not just kind feedback. You need honest feedback. Right. Uh, <laughs> the like, of course. Well, everyone's telling me I'm doing the right thing. Why yeah. am I losing? <laughs> Certainly. Yeah. Well, you mentioned uh, you know, some really good questions from uh, our members of our forum. Some really fantastic answers from you, Elliot. Thank you very much. Uh, and thanks to everyone who did send in questions for Elliot Rowe. Again, a reminder uh, to everyone here listening to the Cards Chat podcast, we have a dedicated thread. Uh, we'd love to see you submit your questions for upcoming podcast guests. And of course, please be sure to give us a good review on iTunes and spread the word via your, via your social media channels if you'd like the show. Elliot, before we let you go, anything else you'd like to tell our listeners? 
Um, no, just enjoy the game. Um, stay safe um, with all the chaos that's going on. Um, you know, it, it, this too will pass. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, I think we've gone through the the ridiculous list of projects that I have. It's funny when I hear someone else say it. I'm, it's quite amusing to hear all of the different things. But yeah, check out the app, the podcasts. And um, yeah, hopefully there's some information out there that I'm providing that will be useful for you in your poker journey. Sure. And if someone wants to get in touch with you? Um, the best is elliotrow.com. Um, or, you know, the, as I say, the course is on run at once, but the, the best generally is elliotrow.com and there's like a form you can fill out and you can reach out to me there. Fantastic. Well, Elliot, thank you again so much for joining me here on the Cards Chat Podcast. Thanks again to everyone who has tuned in. I'm Robbie Straczynski. You can follow me on Twitter at Card Player Life. I wish you all a wonderful day. Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town from the world's number one poker community.